Do you like exclusive stuff? Yes, yes sir. sir. Do you like having access to your favourite podcast hosts in a way like never before? Yeah, absolutely. Do you wish you had access to our old Survivor Oz episodes that you can't find anywhere else online? Oh, yeah. If you answered yes to one, two or all of those questions, then get excited because the Oz Network is now on Patreon. <laughs> That's right, your favourite podcast has jumped on the Patreon bandwagon to enable a better listening experience for you, our listener. For more details, simply head to www.patreon.com forward slash oznetwork where you can sign up for as little as $3 a month. It'll be the best decision you make since that last bad one you made. You're listening to the Oz Movies Podcast, only on the Oz Network. It is the Oz Network coming to you for day four <laughs> of Oscar days as we're bored already, apparently. We're um, doing Maestro again. Maestro again because <laughs> we're bored. Uh, we're here to do Anatomy of a... Oh, wait, no, American Fiction. Um, we, we promised something, but we didn't, and I sort of told that yesterday. But American Fiction, the latest movie from... Cord Jefferson. Um, we've done so many of his films and it's time to do another one. We love we love a bit of Cord. Cord Jefferson. I wonder if Cord and Cable know each other. Um, starring Jeff... <laughs> That's a funny joke. Uh, starring Jeffrey Wright. Yeah. Uh, yay, Sterling K. Brown. Yay, Adam Brody. Yay, uh, Tracy Ellis Ross. I don't know who she is, but she's great in this movie. Everyone's great in this movie. Uh, in another movie that we're talking about, about an author... Writing stuff that is kind of real, but sort of is part of the story. But uh, I'm intrigued to talk about this one. My name is Ben, and fuck. Oh. <laughs> and my name is Colin, and I'm happy you're not white. <laughs> <laughs> no, one should, no, no one could say a different version of that. There's a feeling with this character. That's why I said it. He's not taking mine. <laughs> uh, well, Ben stole mine. So, uh... My name is Noah, and yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now we obviously we were meant to do Anatomy of a Fall next, but I think I sort of alluded to oh. yesterday that my legal version in the cinema wasn't the first five <laughs> minutes just on loop for two hours, and it took me twenty minutes to realise that this wasn't an artistic form of of movie. Uh, so I gave up after walking out of the cinema because they couldn't fix it. Um, so I was like, ah, oh, let's watch. The, the one that's not three and a half hours long with Leonardo DiCaprio in it. Let's not watch the one with the bomb. Let's not the pink one. Let's watch the other English film that we haven't done yet. Uh, American Fiction, which i got to say, love this movie. I, 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 I knew nothing about this. I think Noah said yesterday that um, the holdovers he knew nothing about. I at least knew a little bit about this film. I knew nothing out of this movie except it had Jeffrey Wright in it and he got nominated for an Oscar and that Sterling K. Brown got nominated for an Oscar. I'm like, okay, cool. I didn't know that Adam Brody was in it. I didn't know what it was about. I thought this was like some gritty drama. Like, and I started watching this film and it was like, oh, this is fun. And it was just, it was just fun. Like, it's, it's, it's interesting. And I think this reminded me a bit of Tar on the fact that Tar took a topical issue in society and changed it. Like, it took the idea mm. of cancel culture, but put it from the perspective of a woman and kind of like her doing it. This takes like the issue of, of race and kind of in society, and then kind of does it on a level where it's sort of like African-Americans who are sort of like, eh, yeah, you don't need to go full like a certain direction and how they're reacting to it. You get very over-the-top like white characters and just, I just thought it was fun and just kind of a different perspective on modern society and this 
case of let's include everyone. Like we even got a whole section of this movie where it's like, oh, we have to be inclusive. So we thought we'd get you. It's like, why? Because I'm black. Um, so yeah, like it's just, it was fun. I enjoyed it. And Jeffrey Wright, amazing. Sterling K. Brown. I'm a big Sterling K. Brown fanboy. So I enjoyed it. And Adam Brody, again, <laughs> justice for the OC. Misha Barton's going to be in a Best Picture nominated film in about oh, five when years. When Neighbor's getting a Logie. Benjamin McKenzie is, is due. Um, seriously. Uh, two. Is that what? Two. <laughs> <laughs> I heard the same thing. <laughs> wow. No more maestro. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I don't even know how to follow that up. But um, justice, for, justice for OC actors this year, Tate Donovan and Adam Brody. Uh, but, yeah, I enjoyed this film. Great movie. Um, Yeah, I loved it too. I, I actually did know uh, – I, I knew the premise of this going in. I hadn't seen a trailer or anything, but, like, the premise to me sounded brilliant. And the movie turned out to be very different than what I expected. I expected it to be – a lot more of a satire. Now, this definitely is a satire, but I was expecting it to mostly focus around guy writes this book, book becomes a sensation. How does he deal? There's a long forgotten movie uh, called Simone that uh, had Al Pacino in it, which was about like a director who had to replace his actress with a computer generated character, but then that character became famous. So it's like, I, I thought this movie was going to be like, this author, the whole book and this fictional character who creates on takes a life of its own. That's really a small part of this movie. They use it as the backdrop for everything involving his personal life and his professional life, which I thought was probably the most interesting about it. Like to me, the most interesting stuff in this movie was him just being called to be a book judge yeah. for like some literary <laughs> award, you know, and how they worked in his, you know, uh, fictional work into that. Um, you were saying like comparisons to Tar, like I felt this very similar to Get Out just in the way it mm. dealt with the satire mm. and the humor without being like so overtly, uh, hey, this is uh, this is what the, the controversial topic is. Let's just go head on into it. Um, Jeffrey Wright is so good in this movie. I mean, I've loved Jeffrey Wright since it, long before he's even in James Bond. I got to say, I, I don't know anything about Sterling K. Brown. Um, Mate, he's acting I, I debut in know- Third Watch, just telling you. <laughs> <laughs> That's where yeah. So I was gonna figure where was Ben a fan of Sterling K. Brown from? Um, yeah, like I I know that he's like hugely popular right now, but I didn't quite get it until it got to be. I don't know if it was his last scene in the movie. There's basically two scenes close to the end of the movie, and he had this one big scene with Jeffrey Wright where I'm like, okay, now I get what the big deal is about this guy. I didn't quite get it before that, but. Uh, even though this movie turned out very different from what I expected it was going to be, I still loved it. Like this is this is. Going back to what we were talking about Maestro on day one, Ben, before Noah was here. Um, Good days. Those movies where two or three years from now, you're going to forget, oh, yeah, that was a movie we talked about. Like, this is a, like we said with the holdovers and even yesterday with Past yeah. Lives. This is a movie that I feel like next year, the year before, I'm going to be like, I kind of want to rewatch that movie. 100%. Yeah, I always think of the John Locke quote, uh, the character, not the philosopher, that... Uh, American Fiction and Past Lives were two of those uh, films and holdovers that you finish it, the credits roll, and you think, we're going to have to watch that again. uh, You could watch this straight after, and I never do that with movies, but um, uh, I'll I'll jump on the Sterling K. uh, Brown train. I think I might add him to my, like, man crush list. Like, what a man. He's hot. He is hot. I'm, I'm <laughs> on the Sterling train. Um, that's a good. That's a name, Sterling. Sterling. Yes. Yeah, that's a name. That's a name. Harry. Yeah. <laughs> uh, other show. Uh, did Jeffrey Wright get a Best Actor yeah. nomination? Yeah. 
he yeah. should win it. Absolutely win it. Yes, we're James Bond fanboys, but Jeffrey Wright is one of the greatest actors of this generation. Um, and his performance in this is amazing. So give him the win. Um, yeah, I, 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 this movie blew me away. I didn't know much about it either. Um, but, uh, I, I mean, I was sold on Jeffrey Wright being, uh, leading it, but I mean, Colin, you are right. Like there is so much more to this film, but at the same time, I, I would say like when you're talking about the satire, you are right. There's all this other stuff going on in this movie, but at the same time, it, for the parts of the satire, I would say this is the greatest satire uh, commentary movie of the 21st century. It's so mm. damn clever. Mm. Uh, it's the script should win the. Um, is this an original screenplay? No, it's adapted. Yeah. Uh, I, I was going to say this should win because the script is amazing. Uh, the the commentary that they make on and. The fact that they can just make fun of basically everyone in a way that's thought provoking, uh, and like the, this is the movie that couldn't. I don't think they, you could have made this movie five, ten years ago, but sort of in the uh, huge cultural shifts we've had in like the last three or four years, it's just it's come at the perfect time and it says the perfect things. Um, and then I do like Ben. You're you're talking about. Uh, making fun of the diversity things and all that. Why didn't you get a black co-host on for the day? Why did you get me on? We've been trying for 12 years. <laughs> we had one the, for the five minutes, but he left. <laughs> the listeners can't hear. They were under the assumption Noah was our diversity inclusion here. <laughs> That's why we spoiled the illusion. <laughs> we lo- who, who was our... He was, I like that guy that we had. Um, he was fun. And then Jimmy, oh. we, we were diverse for a while. <laughs> <laughs> Now nah, we're just three white guys. Uh, just quickly on Sterling K. Brown, can we just say that uh, both him and Chadwick Boseman debuted in Third Watch? Just saying, Third Watch, uh, you know, starting big careers. But I think mainly, I mean, he was fine in Third Watch. He was in it for like five episodes in the sixth season. We don't talk about that season too much. But I think what I really liked him in was, I don't know if you guys saw the People vs. O.J. Simpson. He was Christopher Darden in that. He had sort of that relationship that, ah. with um, Sarah Paulson. Uh, so he was kind of mm-hmm. the lawyer where... Oh. It was always implied that those two were together, but never officially confirmed. So if you, remember... I thought you knew him for his role as Gary in the Angry Birds movie too. I was very close. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, also, Kelvin George in NYPD Blue. Uh, he was in ER for an episode, apparently. I don't remember him in that. He was in Alias, apparently. Colin. He was oh. Agent Rance in. <laughs> oh, hang on. He was in Without a Trace. We know him from that. Um, but seriously, I mean, this guy's great. But yeah, I, Get Out's a good comparison. Um, it also like it because I just I've talked a few times now about how I recently rewatched Green Book, and Green Book kind of has that almost like commentary with Mahasha Ali about how like oh I don't live up to like black stereotypes, right? Like, and he kind of has that great monologue where he's like, I'm too white to be black, and I'm too black to be white. Like he kind of like he's in the <laughs> middle, so. I kind of like this sort of level where you're seeing that this is three white guys talking about it. We're the ones they're parroting in this film, right? Like we know Absolutely. nothing. We know nothing about African American issues. Um, but like I think, but that's the point where you can enjoy this and kind of see it from that different perspective. And it's just like you said, Colin, about like the personal stuff that you have. Like yeah, the parody stuff about him writing this book and about how it just goes gangbusters and everything, and that's hilarious. But the stuff around him, like we talked about it yesterday with past lives about this is almost like a realistic sort of look on things where you've got him in this relationship where again, without spoiling it, like it, it doesn't go a direction you think it's going to go. Cause the ending's very ambiguous. Like it's sort of like, Oh, that's an mm-hmm. interesting ending. Yeah. 
intentionally. Uh, but like, and but that's that's what's really good, particularly with the love story. And then there's a major character in this movie that lasts all of five minutes, and you're like, oh crap! Like, wasn't seeing that coming. And then it kind of like the way it sort of makes it. You're like, wow! That like again, that's life. That's what happens sometimes in life. Like it's it's very well done in the fact that like his emotional and like personal life is done in a way where it, it grounds this movie. And, you know, you sort of get this just story about this, what, New England family. Um, another New England movie. We've got a lot of New England movies this year. Um, but, yeah, just and Jeffrey Wright. That, good call, Noah. One of our modern generation's best actors. Absolutely. I, I will pull you up on one thing, though. You said this is maybe in our current climate the best social commentary of the 21st century. Better than Parasite? Isn't that social commentary on modern society? Uh, yeah, well, I feel like that's commentary on society for hundreds of years, maybe. Fair point. Touche. Well, I can't, I can't imagine them making a Korean remake of American fiction. <laughs> but, but I think one of the interesting things about this movie is as far as how it does address race and, and what people's expectations are with, you know, books, movies, you could even include music in that is that it doesn't come right out and just say, Oh, this is the what the white people want. That is a large part of it. It's like, well, this is what the white people what makes them feel better and stuff like that. There are black characters in this movie who buy into his book, and he's even like, I'm offended by this. And then that that later becomes part of the dilemma of this movie, where it's like, yeah, I think even the viewers are watching and expecting this movie's going to end with, well, all these people are gonna have to realize they're wrong. And it's like, yeah, but maybe he's wrong. Like there, there's a brilliant scene where one character basically says, This sells books, not everything has to be, you know. A literature and sometimes you just got to give the market what it wants just quickly know before you say something one thing i want to say and this isn't me just shitting all over barbie but like the, this to me is what like if you've got a message or you kind of want to do something or satire like a certain part of society or whatever and go the other direction this is how you do it like you can satire you can satirize like white people and kind of how we look at the world to try and make things a certain way and this is how you do it Barbie went this- way too far with the preach and the shit that they did <laughs> to make, like, as a white guy, I didn't come out of this movie going like, yeah, I was like, yeah, that's fine. That's that's exactly what we're like. Whereas Barbie could have but- been like that, but I'm like, no, like, I, I hate the, what they're trying to do in this film and I want to walk out of it. Here you go, Colin. So, so I'm curious if you're going to, if you plan to rewatch Barbie. Yeah, unfortunately, I'll see if I can laugh. Because when I watched American Fiction, the first thought in my head was, this is exactly what Barbie did. It's it, it's it's taking shots. It's it has some humor to it. But I really walked out of this feeling like this is for race. What Barbie was. Barbie's obviously no. made for a younger audience and everything. But I saw a lot of similarities. How but, these but, but that's what I'm trying to say. Like I agree. I completely agree with you. But there's a level. This is what I'm trying to say. You can do something like this and have a message and somewhat be like a level of like preach. Let's be honest. But it, it, it does what it's meant to do. And I think this does what it's meant to do. My issue with Barbie is that, yes, absolutely have a message to sell. Do what you need. To. I'm not shitting on Barbie for trying to sell its message. It's got every right to well, do it too. And as, and, and as I've always said, Barbie isn't a bad film. I'm not saying Barbie is a terrible film. It's a very well-made, put-together movie. I just think that you take it from zero to a thousand and like shove it down your throat to the point where it just it becomes way too much and offensive. That's what I'm saying about Barbie, and that's how I interpret it. 
I'm in a very slim minority. I get that. I'm a white guy, a straight white guy. I'm in a very slim minority. But like, <laughs> my point is, is that like, you Wait, know, we do have diversity on this podcast. We got Ben, the minority, straight white man. I'm in a minority of my own. I'm just trying to say and that single. As I interpret, that's I mean again, well, that's not a minority here, Colin. <laughs> you you two obviously like take Barbie a different way, and that's fine. I'm not. Just diminishing you for that. I'm just saying that I think that this is a level. This is a level that you do a movie with a message versus a Barbie, which to me is way too much. Can I? Can I? No. Or, or am I just here for good looks? Well, um, happy birthday, by the way, Noah. I I would say I'm somewhere in the middle because I came out of Barbie not being offended in the slightest. Uh, I thought it was a funny piss take at men. Um, and I, I don't think it was offensive. I don't think it was sexist. I mean, I probably won't be there for the Barbie, but the men basically get the greatest scene in the Barbie movie. So you can't come out of it being that upset because the men almost steal the show in that yeah, but movie. Yeah, so, Gosling. He doesn't count. Um, <laughs> he's but, a man. He's a thumb. <laughs> if, if that was oh. Sterling K. Brown, <laughs> yes. Oh. Stop my heart. <laughs> oh, can we put him in the Barbie movie? Can we? Uh, well, actually, there is an actor from the Barbie movie be... in this film. So, I mean, there is a connection. Um, oh, Jeffrey Wright, I'm Barbie. Um, <laughs> I'm just I'm Ken. Ken. <laughs> <laughs> that would be glorious. You know what? I want to push Ken. you around. Well, I will. <laughs> I put him in everything. Come on. Here's a question um, without notice when I goes, Jeffrey Wright or Bette Midler? Oh, Jeffrey Wright. (laughs) Correct. (laughs) Um, Bradley Cooper's prosthetic nose or Bette Midler? Bette Midler. Jeffrey Wright should have played the maestro. Jeffrey Wright should have played (laughs) the nose. (laughs) Jeffrey Wright should play Uh, Bette Midler. (laughs) Honestly, he could do anything, that man. Um, He's, he's, him and Billy Magnuson. Oh, um, well, I've been Billy in a room with in the Barbie movie. If, if only smile. those two guys would do a movie together. <laughs> uh, Billy been, Magnuson. If only one of them would kill Ken. the other. Like that. That would yeah. be a good thing. Did anybody get a great Ken? Can I just quickly? Really, um, uh, did anybody get like weird, like um, you know, trauma in this movie when Jeffrey Wright was in the pool with Sterling K. Brown? I'm like, no, <laughs> don't let it happen again. <laughs> uh, but I, I think I'm in the middle because, weirdly enough, Ben, I disagree with you on a lot of this, but I can see somewhere where you're coming from in I don't find Barbie sexist. I find American fiction did the message way stronger. And and it is funny. And, you, and the reason is I didn't come out of Barbie thinking, oh, yeah, I guess I'm a man and I do that. I came out thinking, oh, that's kind of funny. But I came out of an American fiction thinking, oh, yes, I am white. Maybe we do do this, even though we might have the best intentions at 100%, times. That's great. Uh, point. I came great. out of it, and it, not only was it funny, I, I like a good piss take. I can laugh at myself. Uh, I, I like it when people make fun of like me or or whatever I good. fit into. Uh, <laughs> it happens a lot. Uh, that's why you come back for more episodes of this show. <laughs> I'm a masochist. Uh, <laughs> but, but I came out of American fiction saying not only was that funny, but it, it sort of made me think, which is what satire should do. Barbie, it, I thought it was funny. It didn't really come out thinking. I just thought, oh, yeah, there's another one of the sort of girl power sort of uh, things. So both, I think, were 
were good, but American fiction, the satire was thought provoking. And then the other point of it is uh, somebody mentioned the scene where there are two black characters mm-hmm. speaking together. So it, not only did it commentate on white people, but it was also commentary on black people too, yeah. which again, we can't really comment on, but it, it made me think, well, I haven't seen many movies where two black people are talking about black issues and disagreeing. Normally it's kind of like past lives. You don't see characters who are sort of three dimensional. You don't really mm. see this. Normally it would be, Oh, we're the black characters and we're banding together or we're the white characters yeah. and we're banding. But seeing two black characters have a disagreement on being black was something that as a white person I've never encountered. And it was very thought provoking. I think it's also it's what makes this movie so unique because it's an unfortunate thing where Hollywood does tend to the, the, there's the final shot of this movie. I, I I won't even get into how brilliant the, the the entire final sequence is, which to me was like it was it was straight out of Get Shorty. You know, Get Shorty kind of does a similar thing where it's like the movie ends and it's like oh no now it's something completely different. Uh, but the very final shot of this movie is Jeffrey Wright looking at a person who's not even a character in the movie, and you totally get like this is a take on Hollywood if anything else. And we've often complained about like, you know, why do we have to get all these movies? Does it always need to be about slavery or inner city gangs? Like, can you just get a movie that's about an intelligent character who doesn't want to write about all the bad things about, you know, race from either side. He wants to write about, you know, history and things like that. And here we're actually getting a movie. That's just a smart movie Mm. that just happens to be about how a black man approaches this world. And that's what I've always said. Like we've always, we've talked a lot about on this show about how, it's all well and good to be inclusionary in modern times. But again, you've got to get to a point in life where you can't always overemphasize it. Or there are other issues to do that. Like I I say, I talk about like gay characters in movies and and this is a classic example. Sterling K Brown's character in this movie Mm. is a gay man. Like you don't always have to have that over the top flamboyant, like I'm gay type of person. Like I know many gay men and they're not that way. Like it's, it's kind of, you can have, an outside of a stereotype of a of a minority where they don't know and this is what you get with this film like again and it's it's talking about that like not all black people are this way like this is how mm-hmm. they are and you have that with you know a gay character in this film you can have a, a movie about women's rights that's not barbie in your face level of women's rights you know you can do this with asian characters latino characters everything about it and like i'm i know you like yeah i 100 with you like you like a good satire where they can do it in a way like it's been a few years since i've seen get out but i mean i do remember absolutely loving that film and i think that that worked and like people shit on green book for being a watered down racism movie about like making it for white people and again i'm a white guy maybe i'd like it so much because it is a white person's <laughs> racist film i don't know but i think there's like the past to make of films <laughs> there's still commentary in that which as a white guy, I can be like, well, fuck, like I, I'm a horrible person. We're a horrible race. You know, all this kind of stuff. Like, I think it's just, this is just a very clever movie. And I think, yeah, it didn't even need, like you could have stripped all the social commentary out of this movie. And it's still just a brilliant concept. It's still just a brilliant movie and entertaining. That's the other thing is, uh, it's like funny. Uh, it like is. The, the, the scene where he rings up and he, I don't want to spoil it, I guess, but when he wants to change the <laughs> the name is one of the funniest scenes I've ever seen. And i oh. laughing out loud. That's one of the funniest things I've ever seen on I, film. Um, I'm going to, I'm going to add to that. The scene, there's a scene where he's meeting with like the director, which I know Ben will talk about in a second. <laughs> and he just randomly hears a siren and the way he runs, I gotta go. He just runs. I, I was almost in tears. I got it. I mean, the, yeah. the casting, is, sorry, did you finish Noah? 
Oh, but uh, like just on your point, like there are two films uh, strongly about race this year that like Past Lives and American Fiction are really, they're both about race among many other things. And that's what I was saying where I don't think American Fiction would really have made five or 10 years ago. And I, I really love that we're seeing like as white people, we can learn a lot from movies so that we're seeing these different things, Past Lives and American Fiction, very different films, but both strongly have the theme of race and not white person race, but white people play a central role in both. But that, but the, and I, I love that point because again, that's, that goes back to what I was trying to say is that you can have a film about race and, and not have it in your standard, like slavery movie. I mean, here I'm talking about like green book mm-hmm. and yeah. Okay. Like green book is what set in the sixties and yeah. Okay. It's a bit, you know, a different way, but like, I think that the way you can do it, it's on that level where as white people, we and like you said, Noah, you can see two black characters talk disagreeing on race themselves. Like I've I've been in the states enough to have certain people like have disagreements. It's not the same as race or sexuality or gender, but like I've had two Trump supporters like have a discussion about Donald Trump and their views, and it's very interesting to hear it because it's it's not that far right stereotype. Let's storm the Capitol type Trump supporters. These are intelligent people who give their valid views about why they were supporting him during that election. So like you have these things that shine a light on things, which I think make it very interesting. I, I mean, I did want to talk, yeah, the casting and everything we've, we've touched on it. Um, is it, I you say Issa Rae, the, the woman who's obviously Issa Rae. Yeah. So she's in Barbie. So she's what president mm-hmm. Barbie and she's in this. Um, I don't really she know. She was, I mean, everybody, I don't outside of Jeffrey Wright, Sterling K Brown and Adam Brody. I don't know anybody really in this film, like Tracy Ellis Ross. She was what in it for about five minutes, but she's great. Um, you've got, uh, there's a, there's a lost character in there. Which one? Uh, he, he's in lost. He plays Phil, the kind of dweeby Dharma initiative guy who gets, oh, speared yeah, 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 no, I saw, yeah, I, I thought he looked familiar. I thought you were talking about triple a who was, it was that get rich or die trying. You see, um, you see Jeffrey Wright watching it on TV and you see Triple uh, A in there. I was like, oh, there he is. Triple A would have been good in this movie too. But, I mean, this here we go. The three white guys singling out the one white guy in this film that was really good. But, I mean, I just <laughs> want to say about Adam Brody. But, like, Adam Brody's a type of guy to me that, like, after the OC, he's always the same. Everything I've seen him in. Like, we talked about Shazam. And I, I mean, the, the story I always say is when I saw that movie with You Know Who, we don't mention... I remember saying, like, the young guy, little Freddie or whatever it is, I'm like, he's like a young Adam Brody, isn't he? And she's like, yeah. Mm-hmm. So then later in that movie when they become adults and they literally cast Adam Brody as the adult version, we're like, oh, my God, like, perfect casting. Like, he's always kind of that Seth-style character from the OC. Whereas in this, he's just, like, asshole Hollywood executive who's just, I'm like, wow, Adam Brody. Like, I'm not saying nominate Adam Brody for an Oscar in this movie because he's only in it for five minutes. But, I mean, again, Hannibal Lecter, Anthony Hopkins got nominated for about five. What's his face um, from the, the movie last year? Um, Steven Spielberg, he got, he's in it for one scene and he got nominated for an Oscar. Um, oh, Judd Hirsch, yeah. Thank you, Judd Hirsch. Like, like, he's great. And I'm like, good on you, Adam Brody. You've got range. Like, I didn't watch the remake of The River Wild on the plane because I'm like, I can't take Adam Brody in, you know, Kevin Bacon's role in A River Wild, mate. You know, I just, I couldn't see Adam Brody playing drama. I kind of want to watch it now because, like, Adam Brody's got range. He, he's fun. I, I, good on mate. you, the OC, getting this retrospective of Academy Award nominated films with him and Tate Donovan in 2024. Do you know what's great about Adam Brody of this movie is that uh, playing against type, because I'm like you, if Adam Brody is by far the best thing on the OC as far as I'm concerned. But it oh, took Sandy? until his final scene in this movie 
it like literally the last scene in the movie where I'm like, is that Adam Brody? Like it didn't even occur to me. And they're showing him up close, but it's just the way, like the type of character he was playing, the way he was playing it. Like this didn't feel like him to me. So I saw his uh, name yeah, in the credit, like the, the opening credits. Oh, I saw his name. It? So I'm like, oh, he's going to pop up somewhere. So when that bit, I'm like, oh, that must be him. But you're right. He doesn't really look like but him. It, even as far as just the character goes, just adding Did the idea of this. <laughs> that's what it was Play, played by jeffrey wright <laughs> <laughs> but but it was it's just the addition of you could have done this movie and it was just about race you could have done it and it was just about literature and you add the hollywood side on there i don't feel like the ending of this movie works if it's just a literary award you know mm. you have to add the over the top because there's even a line where where i think his agent talks about nobody in hollywood actually reads things they just get their assistants to read it you know uh which uh you want to talk about things that are resonating i literally was in a business meeting a couple of weeks ago where they said oh so going forward if you have any presentations we, we want you to do your presentation make up your powerpoint but then do like a one paragraph just description of it and they'll read that and if they feel like they want to add then they'll ask for the powerpoint like this is the way it works in this world now but uh just adding that Hollywood ridiculous to it. Like, cause this movie goes from being a grounded reality based movie to being a complete satire by the end. And it's only the Hollywood stuff that makes that possible. Do you have anything Noah to add on Adam Brody? Cause I know you're a big OC fanboy. <laughs> uh, I didn't know Adam Brody, but uh, oh, he's a good guy. We'll get uh, coffee one time. Uh, yeah. I'd love to <laughs> He'll be ready by with... tomorrow. <laughs> callback i like a callback uh, i'd love to get coffee with adam brody i thought he was amazing uh because i think he got the memo of uh, what he should be as the white character in this film um and then to tie in with what colin's saying like the reason this film is so powerful is you have the sort of director thing uh you have the race thing uh, but I, I just want to give a shout out to as someone who loves reading oh, i love that we got a book about literature that wasn't wanky. I mean a film about literature that wasn't wanky like <laughs> is this the first time you've ever seen like a book panel Argyle? in a movie oh that wasn't really didn't have a book panel in Argyle but that was a non-wanky book movie <laughs> yeah I, I thought that was cool to see like the the book side of it um yeah, yeah. Team book. Yeah. He's I, I, read I thought, 12 books now <laughs> I, I thought the the white characters in the book not a book club the book panel also did a very good oh, job yeah. they were funny. <laughs> without spoiling it there's a lot of very comedic moments that also lend to the satire very heavily there and this is they based, did a good job it's based on a book called erasure not the arnold schwarzenegger movie but uh percival everett it's apparently an oldish book 20 2001 i hate saying old 2001 that doesn't sound old um but yeah so obviously quite some time to make it but yeah based on a book um this being nominated for five oscars i believe um so it's got obviously best picture best actor and best supporting actor be best adapted screenplay and best original score which yeah it's a decent score uh looking at the odds though it's not favorite unfortunately to win any of them um it's seventh favorite in best picture jeffrey wright second from the bottom sorry jeffrey um what? sterling k brown on the uh, best best actors stacked uh, outside of Coleman Domingo, who I'm not overly familiar with. You've got Cillian Murphy, Paul Giamatti, Bradley Cooper, no. and Jeffrey Wright. So Bradley Cill Cooper. Um, <laughs> I, again, I love Bradley Cooper. I feel for him. Um, yeah, apparently Sterling K. Brown is at the bottom where we all like him. Um, but uh, he's that's I mean that's that's a very stacked category. You have got Robert Downey Jr., Ryan Gosling, 
uh, Mark Ruffalo, Robert De Niro, and Sterling K. Brown. Robert Downey Jr. He's a favourite to win it. So, yeah. you know. Um, best adapted screenplay it is second favourite behind Oppenheimer. So, this is the one oh. that it could possibly win. I, I regret coming on this episode. <laughs> it's triggering me. And lowest, <laughs> though, for American fiction in best score. So, yeah, not looking good. I mean, Colin, I mean, best adapted screenplay, probably the only chance it's really got if it can unseat Oppenheimer yeah. in that one. Yeah, like, um, I mean, Oppenheimer may just win so many awards they want to throw something, but I, I also feel like because of the whole controversy of Barbie being forced into an adapted screenplay, they may give it to Barbie. Um, I, I, I don't necessarily know that I would give this the win in any of those categories as far as my personal vote goes, but it would be much higher up there than last or second last. I haven't, I mean, I'm yet to see, uh, no, I've seen all the, uh, the best actor ones now uh, outside of Coleman Domingo. I mean, I just don't know how I rate Cillian Murphy because it was a great performance. No. But, like, uh, between I'm, Jeffrey I'm Wright and Paul Giamatti, I would give it to them over Cillian Murphy, if I'm being completely honest. I 100% agree with you. Uh, I've not seen the Coleman Domingo one, but I like him too. He's a great actor. And looking at Best Supporting Act, again, I'm yet to see Poor Things or Killers of the Flower Moon, but Sterling K. Brown is better than Robert Downey Jr. and Ryan Gosling by far. <laughs> Dude, like, I, great actor, don't that's, get me wrong, but he's performing, of all the Robert Downey, that's, no, like, uh, no. Yeah, I mean, this is a year where we've got America Ferreira, America Ferreira being nominated for one speech in a movie. So there you go, Adam Brody should be nominated. If American Ferreira gets basically nominated because she gave <laughs> some she big the- speech. Yeah, that's basically. I like America Ferreira, but I can't even remember what she did in that I, movie. I like America Ferreira too. I mean, I, I, I don't dislike her, but it's just, you get nominated because you give a a, a big speech. Whoop de fucking do, Basil. Um, I'm happy that you guys have me on, but being on reminds me why I'm actually not a fan of the Oscars, but I don't want to crap on your thing that you we'll, do. We'll get to the rankings in a second. Noah's going to give us the nine rankings because he hasn't seen poor things yet. But um, yeah, it's a buy from me. Uh, I think it's a buy around the table, I guess, if we're, yeah. if we're looking at this right. No, <laughs> no judges there, which I mean, I guess rankings. Uh, I'm intrigued. I'm going to start with you in this one, Colin, because uh, I'm intrigued what you're going to do here because this is a tough one. Mm. Yeah, uh, like of the ones, Maestro's dead last. It's going to be dead last by the end of this. Um, <laughs> I rewatched it and, and I loved again, it. Unless, Colin <laughs> unless I rewatch Oppenheimer and Barbie and, and suddenly develop a much uh, stronger distaste for them. Um, I, I I don't think of the ones we've covered, anything's beaten the holdovers yet. So it's kind of between this and past lives. Um, but to me, I, I think this it has the entertainment uh, value over past lives, as great as past lives is. And it is such a unique concept. And Jeffrey Wright just pushed it over top. So it'll be number two out of the four so far. Well, I, I guess we've got the same ranking. To me, I was putting this between this and the holdovers because I, you know, I was like, oh, like this is up there. Like I enjoyed it thoroughly and I could rewatch this. I like, agree with Noah. Like you could just watch this straight away. But I think the holdovers stuck with me just a little bit more. So yeah, my, my order is still the holdovers followed by American fiction, then past lives, then maestro. Noah, do you want to give us all your nine now, I guess? Yeah, so I, I doubt I'll be back on again because I don't really want to come on and talk about Oppenheimer. <laughs> Oppenheimer. Uh, if Jeffrey Wright was in it, he's the bomb. That's <laughs> the bomb. He takes his shirt off. That's Sterling K. Brown. Yeah, Sterling K. Brown is the bomb. Did Jamie um, like Sterling K. Brown, Colin? She didn't see this with me. Racist. She saw it on her own. <laughs> yeah, yeah, she's watching it right now. <laughs> That's what that screaming was. Or, or uh, Jeffrey Wright as Albert Einstein. Come yeah. on. 
Okay. <laughs> he could Jeff Red is Barbie. I want to see him as Barbie. As Barbie and Billy Madison yeah. as Ken. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, so my nine says, I don't know anything about poor things, but I guess I'll watch it because this will be the first time in history I've seen all of the nominations. Um, look at me go unemployed. Uh, at number nine, I had Maestro. Like, what the hell? Uh, <laughs> what the hell? <laughs> did you like that one? Did you, Ben? I, I, no, I, I still binned it. I was gonna give it a low. Like, I don't, I don't think it was as bad. Like, I, it's the movie that I'll never watch again. I forget that I've ever seen. Don't get me wrong, and I, I agree with it's a just a two-hour wank fest. I just, I'm a bit of a Bradley. I'm a closet Bradley Cooper fanboy. He might be on my man crush list, and I think that. It wasn't terrible, but yeah, it's going to be, it's at the bottom of my list right now. And if I include Barbie and Oppenheimer, it's in the bottom two. Uh, Number eight, I, as someone who's artsy fartsy hipster, I thought I would really like this and I had the zone of interest. Oh, Uh, the zone of not very interesting. I would call it. Spoiler Um, for two of us who haven't seen it yet. (laughs) Yeah. But uh, Colin might like it. If Ben ranks this, I, I would be very pleasantly surprised. Uh, I thought I would love it, but... Oh, it's, it's German. I like Germans. Oh, well, I wanted to like this, but I found it quite bland. Number seven, Killer of the Flower Moon. Uh, I just... Three or four hours or whatever. <laughs> like, just piss off. I'm... <laughs> I hate this. I Because I've seen people complaining about long, long movies on the internet, and people are so snappy. They respond saying... Oh, you've just got no attention span because of TikTok. And but no, filmmaking is an art form. Editing is an art form. Yeah. Uh, like, let's just have this go on for ten days. Like, we've all seen that video about how Star Wars: The New Hope was saved in the edit. Uh, make this a mini series, Martin. <laughs> uh, I, I watched it over about three days, and not even like a pretend and day. You got like halfway we just through. Yeah. Uh, so. Yes, I can see the merits of it, but no, like, it's just ridiculous. Stop. Uh, Can't wait to watch it. (laughs) No, it is a good film. Don't get me wrong, (laughs) but it's just uh, over it. (laughs) Number six, Oppenheimer. Oh, Uh, wow. Look, I totally get it. Editing, amazing. Score, amazing. Acting, very good. Robert Downey Jr. was okay. Um, And what was the lady that got, like, a best... Emily, Emily Blunt. Blunt. <laughs> Come on. She could have edit, been edited out of that movie and nothing changes. Um, I think she was better than freaking um, America Ferreira. Uh, uh, so, look, I get the technicality of it. I just can't see myself ever rewatching this movie. Like, I get, I get it, but it's just, it doesn't do anything for me. Number five, Barbie. I'm no. pleasantly surprised about this. Uh, I thought it was hilarious. I thought it was very well made. Um, it is very well made film. Like it looks amazing on a yeah. technicality level, and it, it was funny, and I thought the acting was great in it. Uh, so pleasantly surprised about Barbie. Number four of all nine, this is the one I have the most uh, uh, personal attachment to, but it's Past Lives. I oh. I love this film. Uh, if I'm yeah. looking at it from being sort of somewhat subjective as much as I can, I will rewatch this more but as like a best picture i don't know if it sort of is there on that level but i love this film number three is american fiction uh if this one i i think it would 100 percent 
be worthy of it. I'm really looking forward um, to watching this movie that I've only seen five minutes of if it's in your top two. <laughs> number two is The Holdovers. Oh, wow. Um, You're number one. Is, okay. The Holdovers is just a perfect film that I could see myself watching every year. The acting, it, it made me cry, it made me laugh, it made me feel things uh, for once in my life. Uh, number one, Anatomy of a Fall, Ooh. blown away by this film. I couldn't take my eyes off the screen. Uh, the actress, the lead actress was amazing. The, all the actors were amazing. The screenplay was amazing. Uh, just so much about this film I loved. I think this should be the winner for the best pitch. Yeah. Is that going to be tomorrow, Ben? Because I'm dying <laughs> to talk about yeah, I should have a good version of it. Well, uh, the cinema, I think, fixed its projection, so I should be able to... <laughs> well, now I'm annoyed. I didn't know that you made me stay until tomorrow. I didn't know that you were going to do that one. Cause well, I guess I we're technically recording it next week, Noah, so you may be able to join us. Yeah. Here. We'll message you the night before we decide great, to record. Great, 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 great film. Oh, right, I'm hosting. Sorry, I thought you were hosting, Colin. <laughs> Zoned out. I'll um, take over if you want. Zone of interest. Subscribe That's, to us. <laughs> my zone of interest. Was my list uh, controversial? Have you seen them all without giving away your spoilers? I mean, the only ones I haven't seen are zone of interest and poor things. Uh, I'll just say we're going to be pretty close to having some matches okay. by the end of this. I mean, in all fairness, right now I'm matching exactly with Colin. Um, you know, Barb, <laughs> Barbie might be the only one where I'm not going to be matching with both of you. But uh, again, I... Barbie's a great made film. I'm not saying it's a bad movie. It's anyway. Um, yeah, do all men the things. Hate women. I do. I fucking piss off. That's why we're all men. Men, team men for the win. Um, but we love black people. That's why we're here today. <laughs> the blacks and the gays and the Latinos and the Asians. I love you. Um, the trans. And the Adam Brodies. And the Adam Brodies. All and the Berlin minorities. All the minorities. Uh, the, the straight white guys. Love you all. But women, nah. Uh, <laughs> Uh, <laughs> I'm so glad none of you can make sound and clips. And in this day and age, no one gets sarcasm, so you're going to be cat. Sarcasm. Um, <laughs> 24 <laughs> was out today. Uh, there's more Ghostbusters happening this week. And do all the things that you do. Uh, my name is Ben, and I don't... I'm so glad that you're not a woman. And my name is Stag R. Lee. <laughs> <laughs> Great name, well played. Well played. Um, my name is Nora, and I'm going to go and jump in a hot tub with Sterling K. Brown, Adam Brody, Billy Magnus, and Jeffrey. Thanks for downloading this episode of the Oz Network. Make sure you never miss an episode by subscribing to the podcast by Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, or by copying our RSS feed into your preferred podcast provider. And while you're there, please drop us a rating and leave us some feedback. You can also be sure to stay up to date with all the latest episodes and happenings from the show, as well as finding out how you can get involved in upcoming episodes by following our social media pages on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, as well as getting everything you need under one roof at theoznetwork.net. Thanks again for listening, and we'll speak to you next time.
Do you like exclusive stuff? Yes, yes sir. sir. Do you like having access to your favourite podcast hosts in a way like never before? Yeah, absolutely. Do you wish you had access to our old Survivor Oz episodes that you can't find anywhere else online? Oh, yeah. If you answered yes to one, two or all of those questions, then get excited because the Oz Network is now on Patreon. <laughs> That's right, your favourite podcast has jumped on the Patreon bandwagon to enable a better listening experience for you, our listener. For more details, simply head to www.patreon.com forward slash oznetwork where you can sign up for as little as $3 a month. It'll be the best decision you make since that last bad one you made. <laughs>